Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sal Vetri Show. The DFS clip you're about to hear originally aired on my YouTube channel. And before we get into it, you can leave a five-star review. If you can subscribe, download to the podcast, like, and share it, whatever you have to do, I greatly appreciate that. Helps the podcast out a lot. Helps us reach more people. What I would hope is this beneficial content. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel. It is 6.21 a.m. East Coast time. It is Monday, November 11th. I hope you all are having a great start to your day. We have an NBA six-game slate tonight over on DraftKings, Fantasy Draft, wherever you like to play. We're going to break it down for you. But before we do, I just want to introduce myself. My name is Salvatore, and I do cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, NBA, WNBA, and the MLB streets. We already have an NFL showdown video out for tonight. You should be able to check that one out either on my YouTube channel or if you're listening on the audio version. There is an audio version. You should check that out as well. Hit a five-star rate and review. Helps me out a ton. You can check the NFL version out there. And then NBA videos like this one and audio versions podcasts every single day on the channel. Linked up down below in the description is my exclusive content over on Patreon. If you're confused by what Patreon is, a couple of people reach out to me. I hear you saying it. What is that? If you click the link down below, it'll tell you everything. There's a video of me describing what Patreon is over there. There's descriptions of every single thing that you need to know. And if you still have any questions, just feel free to reach out anywhere. YouTube comments, Twitter, Patreon itself. Anything is okay. Also, my social medias are down there. Twitter, at DFS. Facebook, Salvetry Facebook page, and Instagram. I'm going to be making a lot more Instagram content. Already have the past couple of days at Salvetry over there as well. So, appreciate you being here. I will quickly want to plug Fantasy Draft because they are revolutionizing the way that you do play daily fantasy sports, eliminating rake. I, I, I kid you not, I woke up to somebody this morning in my DMs that said that they were playing, and I, I'm not going to give away anybody's, or actually it was on the Discord that we have for our priority uh, patrons and Hall of Fame tiers. Just said, hey man, I cashed in all six of my Fantasy Draft entries, so it helped me with the huge DraftKings loss that I had. That's exactly what's going to happen. You can play the exact same lineup, and obviously you can't play the exact same lineup over on Fantasy Draft because they have an extra flex positionality, and you can do a couple of different things, and the salaries are always different. But if you are going to have a hard day on DraftKings, it's going to be automatically better on Fantasy Draft because instead of getting taken 10 to 15%, we can call it interest, rake, right, from the site, skimming it off the top, um, you're getting 0 to 3% uh, for 0, really, to like 1.5% from fantasy draft so um, that's what's going to happen even if you have a really rough day on DraftKings, you can have an okay day on fantasy draft and turn a profit and actually turn a bad weekend into a good weekend because of the rake so i'm not just saying this because it's nothing again you can make a simple plus and minus formula into excel and you can just track DraftKings and fantasy draft you will see if you start with say just a 50 or 100 dollar bankroll it's going to last way longer in fantasy draft no matter what and probably grow actually um, than compared to DraftKings. so there's a link down below in the description of this video to fantasy draft you should check them out they have contests for nba right now like we see i'll be playing in some of those tonight and they have contests for the nfl as well some bigger ones if you leave a five-star rate and then you review and leave your fantasy draft handle in the review you'll be entered into a chance to win um, a one of three entries for next week's fantasy draft main event on sunday so those are all the plugs. Please hit the subscribe button. I really appreciate it. We're going to crush through 15,000 subscribers. We already did. And on to 20,000 is the new journey and goal before the next month to 20,000 before Christmas would be absolutely incredible. So thank you all so much. Let's get into the video now. We'll start with the injury news. Uh, we'll go team by team on these 
12 teams, six games, starting with Boston. Ennis Cantor is questionable with a knee injury. If he is in, well, it's going to help him a ton. He's a good value at 4,900, in my opinion, against Dallas and undersized and really um, not the greatest of defenders in Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleber. Uh, Christoph Porzingis should be back from rest, but uh, definitely a tough matchup. A directly matchup for Ennis Cantor seems good. Robert Williams, we saw dominate in the last game. He played 22 minutes. I mean, I, mean, I don't know if you saw the last game of highlights of Robert Williams. Go back and look at them. This man was catching just, I mean, Alley oops from three feet behind the rim with one hand, bringing him back and dunking him. It was insane. Uh, he did it a couple of times each side of the rim. Daniel Tice will also see a bump. I really don't know if I have a ton of interest in either Tice or Williams because they're both kind of priced up at this point. Uh, but if Cantor is in, he's not priced up enough. I'll have interest in him. This is probably some of the saddest news we've seen in the NBA so far this season. Gordon Hayward is going to be out and miss a lot of time with a hand injury. I believe a fractured hand. Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, all those guys are going to see a bump. Probably Jalen Brown the most. But Gordon Hayward was playing absolutely phenomenal. He was playing better than Kemba. He was playing better than Tatum, who's been playing really well, both of those guys. Gordon Hayward was just one of the better players in the NBA through the first couple weeks, and it was good to see him finally back and healthy, and then this happens to him. So very sad, but there's going to be impact to the rest of those guys. Tim Frazier is probable today with a shoulder injury. Uh, he's been missing a lot of the games lately. He's minimum price. Br- uh, Bruce Brown Jr. and Langston Galloway will see an impact here. And Derrick Rose, if he actually does suit up, who is questionable today with a hamstring injury. Uh, if Derrick Rose plays a 5,800, not a ton of interest. Uh, Tim Frazier back. Bruce Brown Jr. back. And it'll be probable Langston Galloway. But the big news here... Blake Griffin is probable with his hamstring injury that has kept him out until this part. It's going to directly impact Markeith Morris, who will head back to the bench. Christian Wood will head back to maybe not even playing in the rotation. And now Andre Drummond's 1.5 fantasy points per minute this season are probably going to jump jump back down or drop back down to the 1.3 range. Blake Griffin is only $7,200 on DraftKings, $14,000 flat on fantasy drafts. If you're getting normal Blake Griffin minutes here and there's no cap, and I'm sure we'll get news before lock, and he's going to play... 33 34 Blake Griffin minutes at $7,200 yeah that's a 40 plus point day in the making more times than not now if you get him if you get a news that he's going to be capped at 25 minutes well then it's an issue at 7,200 you probably go elsewhere but keep an eye on the minutes restriction for Griffin because he's one of the most underpriced players in the slate for his skill set and we don't know with these injuries is he the same guy Um, but I'm going to assume he's better than a $7,200 player this Blake Griffin was a constant um, at the worst $8,000 flat player last season Getting into Golden State, Draymond Green is probable with a finger injury and the triple-double, walking triple-double himself for Golden State, just based on everything he's going to have to do for this team, is going to be back. It's going to hurt Eric Pascal, who is potentially still going to start. They've, we've seen Draymond get the starts at the 5. Now, with Willie Cauley-Stein back and healthier, I imagine they start Willie Cauley-Stein at the 5, Draymond at the 4, especially in a matchup with Rudy Gobert. But there is a chance Draymond Green starts at the 5, which will keep Eric Paschal in the starting lineup. Amari Spellman for Golden State is going to be questionable with an ankle injury. That's just going to help all these rotational bigs and Marquise Chris get more minutes if he misses. Eric Paschal, uh, Draymond Green to an extent. Glenn Robinson the third's four minutes might go up instead of him playing at the 2 and the 3. Heading to Houston now against New Orleans here. Nice pace up spot. Daniel House Jr. is questionable with an ankle injury. Uh, he rolled his ankle in Saturday's game, so he, there's a really good chance he misses here. Price point doesn't change on him since his last time out, 5,300. Eric Gordon, Ben Lacklemore, P.J. Tucker, they're the main people to see minutes bumps and just overall usage bumps. Austin Rivers also, I would also, I would imagine, picks up a couple of minutes in the rotation as they play a very tight rotation in Houston. Paul George has been practicing, but he's been ruled out again for Monday. He's getting very close. I would imagine he is, if if at the very most, a week away, even potentially returning this week. He's only $8,200 if he was supposed to play today on real price point on him. 
He's out with his shoulder injury again. Kawhi, Landry Shamit, Montrez Harrell, Montrezl Harrell, and Lou Williams all still going to see the bumps because of Paul George being out. For Memphis, Grayson Allen will be out with an ankle injury. Going to continue to help Tyus Jones as the backup point guard and mainly the backup shooting guard who's getting a lot more run lately. Uh, Marco Guterich. Brandon Clark is questionable with a back injury. It's going to help Jay Crowder, Jaron Jackson Jr., all the bigs pretty much for Memphis against San Antonio. Not the greatest of spots, though. We'll see if he suits up today. He missed the last game over the weekend. Jeff Teague has been missing a couple games now. The latest was yesterday's game. Um, They played a 3.30 afternoon game on Football Sunday, but nobody really knew about it. He had a really good game from Carl Anthony Towns, another solid game from Andrew Wiggins. He's questionable with an illness. If he's out, well, it's going to help Jared Culver, who continues to start if and this is a big if, another asterisk on this, if Shabazz Napier is out, who is um, also questionable, leaning doubtful, Andrew Wiggins sees another big bump up with his assist rate going to being a team high. Carl uh, Anthony Towns' assist rate takes a bump up, and Trevion Graham has been seeing more minutes with both Teague and Napier out. Napier, the other part of this if he's questionable with a hamstring injury, did not play yesterday. He's been doubtful, though, so questionable, really leaning doubtful. It will help Jeff Teague pick up more minutes closer to 30 if he plays and is healthy. If not, Jared Culliver will have his 30 minutes as normal. Andrew Wiggins will continue to be a ball controller in this offense. Cat and Trevion Graham also benefit. Lonzo Ball has already been ruled out once again um, with an adductor injury. Uh, Drew Holiday took over as the point guard, saw his uh, assist rate just go through the roof. He had 11 assists in the last game. It allowed Kendrick Williams to get into the starting rotation. They just changed their whole rotation up instead of Holiday at the two and Lonzo at the ball at the one and then Brandon Ingram getting to start at the four. They shifted everybody over. They went Drew Holiday at the one. Um, they ended up going with JJ Redick at the two, and then they just went to Brandon Ingram at the three instead of the four, which opened up a four spot. Um, and they ended up going with uh, they ended up going with Kendrick Williams and then started Derek Favors at the five. So it's an interesting spot if they do that again. Yeah, Kendrick Williams would be in play. JJ Redick can be somewhat in play. Josh Hart would see more minutes in the rotation as well as Frank Jackson. But the biggest hurt from this is probably. Um, two people. Um, Frank Jackson, one, because he's not going to get direct backup point guard minutes as many as he should if he was in the starting lineup, or now he's only going to get direct backup point guard minutes instead of being in the starting lineup if he played at the one, just direct fill-in for Lonzo, and they kept the same rotation with Drew Holiday at the two. And also, Brandon Ingram should see a little bit of a hit. If he's not going to be starting at the four and the three, yes, he's still going to pick up boards and rebounds, but not as many easy boards and block opportunities and just easier and one opportunities as you're playing at the four closer to the rim. You need to rely a little bit more on your shooting. So at his price point, it's okay, but just keep an eye on that. The biggest beneficiaries here are are obviously Kendrick Williams entering the starting lineup, potentially J.J. Redick again entering the starting lineup, and without a doubt, Drew Holiday playing point guard. Just a reminder that Serge Ibaka will continue to miss time, and Kyle Lowry is going to continue to miss time. We saw last night, Fred, I said it on yesterday's podcast, if you didn't tune in because you were watching the NFL, you had a $6,900 Fred Van Vliet. He's still the exact same price, pretty much playing the Kyle Lowry role. Like, the difference between these players is not that much when you talk about fantasy production. Oh, he's comparing Fred Van Vliet? No. When you talk about fantasy production. And also, he's like the Swiss Army knife, the Draymond Green of point guards for Van Vliet in terms of just picking up every single stat and working his ass off the entire game. The guy's averaging 38 minutes per game. He's going to continue to shoot fine. He picks up boards. He doesn't get as many rebounds or he doesn't get as many assists as Kyle Lowry, but he'll pick up assists, some steals. And what happened last night? He drops 49.5 fantasy points at $6,900, and he's the same exact price point tonight. Tougher matchup against the Clippers for sure, but he's going to see a big bump up. Pascal Siakam's usage goes up, and then Norman Powell, who entered the starting lineup and had a good game, he's going to see a overall minutes bump and everything in this rotation. You could also throw OG Ananobi into the players who will be impacted. Let's get on to the target offense sheet here. We don't have the game total of Minnesota and Detroit, but we have every other game total so far, so we can work with that. I will blow this up for the people that are watching at home. There you go. So, 
This is the target offense sheet that's available over on Patreon. My projections for the NBA, I project every single player's points, will also be available over on Patreon as well, um, as as well as a an easier, crisper model. It's my entire projections model, and then I shift it all over to an interest where I put yes, maybe, or no, and my player pool pretty much for that night in, in sort of a ranking and a priority order of yes, maybe, or no for how I get to them. as all linked up down below over on Patreon. If you want to join the community, again, you can click the link and check it out. Please have that, hit that subscribe button as well as we continue to get through this video. If you're listening on the audio version, hit that five stars rate and review. A couple of seconds just to hit the three dots. Thank you so much. There's our mid-roll solicitation um, for you, so thank you. Uh, Detroit and Minnesota, again, we don't have the total here yet, but look, Detroit's going to be really hard to pin down now. Derrick Rose potentially returns, so, I mean, a $3,000 Tim Frazier isn't even that appealing even if Derrick Rose doesn't return because it seems like they've been really liking what Bruce Brown has been doing at the point guard position. It's a good matchup against Minnesota um, in terms of the point guard. And down low against Minnesota has been a tougher matchup. Minnesota's down low defense in terms of Carl Anthony Towns, huge step forwards compared to last year. And Robert Covington, you saw it last season when he, they acquired him for that final two months of the season, month and a half. It was the best defense that they had played in years, in two or three years. So far this season, they have improved since last season. Um, people trying to tell me that being 18th ranked overall in defense and improving to top five in turnover percentage, improving to top 12 in offensive and defensive rebounding, and being 18th ranked overall is not an improvement compared to where they've been ranked in the past couple of years on average 24th over the last two seasons. So that definitely a increase in terms of matchups for Detroit. It's a tougher matchup down low for guys like Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, but they're sort of matchup proof. The issue here is that Andre Drummond is still expensive with Blake Griffin back. So if he's going to play his normal minutes, it's really hard to get to um, Andre Drummond tonight. And then it's hard to really get to Blake Griffin unless we know about his minutes. My priority from this team is Blake Griffin at $7,200. Like if he's going to play 30 to 33 minutes in this game, $7,200 is a, a smash spot for him if indeed he is fully healthy. And I imagine he is if he's returning. So Blake Griffin's a priority there. Uh, Luke Kennard's still at a fine price point, but there should be overall shots and usage bumped down with Blake Griffin entering the starting lineup and playing most of his minutes alongside him. If you do get a situation where Derrick Rose is out and Tim Frazier starts at point guard, I mean, it is a $3,000 point guard, so you have to at least look at it and consider it. Uh, he should play somewhere in the 20s of minutes. Uh, but for right now, it's really just Blake Griffin standing out from this team. Um, Derrick Rose at 5,800 if he started wouldn't all that much. Minnesota side of it, if Jeff Teague plays, I like his price tag. Um, somewhat difficult matchup on the opposite side here, but I do like his price tag. And also, you already have Tim Frazier returning. If you get Derrick Rose back, it's just an automatic bump up for Jeff Teague and Jared Culver and whoever starts at point guard um, because those guys are much worse defenders than a Bruce Brown Jr. or a Langston Galloway who have been out there um, for the, pro- the primary um, or the majority of pretty much the season, the last four or five games or so. Minnesota, the standouts are clearly Carl Anthony Towns, a more difficult matchup, especially with Blake Griffin returning at the four, um, a more difficult matchup for Towns here, but the price tag at $10,000 flat is hard to ignore. He dropped 60 points last night. We can see if there's any sort of minutes restriction on a back-to-back, but they have not indicated that this season. If Jeff Teague misses once again, then Jared Culver sure is an okay play, but it gives me much more interest in Andrew Wiggins, who price point is getting up there at 7700 but I mean, look at this guy. He's got box score. He drops 40 a couple nights back, 40 real-life points, 60 fantasy points in that game continuously hitting 40 fantasy points his assist rate is the reason why he's controlling the ball more he's acting as the point guard on a lot more possessions than he ever does when Jeff Teague and or Shabazz Napier are in when you're down your top two point guards just other people are going to naturally have to pick up the slack and he has a team leading assist rate over the past few games uh, without these guys in there Boston and Dallas, a 111 team total for Boston, a 107 team total for Dallas, a 218 overall, four-point favorites is Boston here. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of a productivity loss when there's no Gordon Hayward. Now, these guys are priced like it, though, outside of maybe Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's been close to the $7,700 price range. Now he's 7500 and he finds himself in an okay matchup at best, though, if he's going to be starting at the four instead of 
starting at the three it becomes very difficult to really like jason tatum here the price tag is what i like but um, a lot of matchups in in spots where they set a defense a defense against him it's going to be christoph porzingis on him Insured, they're going to play a lot of transition. This is a game that seems to have a decent pace here of 108.92, the best, uh, second best on the slate behind the Clippers in Toronto at the, the late night game at 10:30. So Jason Tatum's price tag is is nice, but the matchup could be difficult against Porzingis. Jalen Brown's price tag I think is completely fine. Probably enters the starting rotation. Those are the two main pieces, and if Ennis Cantor starts, I do like that. You can get to some Marcus Smart at 5,400 if you want. I think I prioritize this team as Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Ennis Cantor, um, and that is where I would go, but a lot of pieces here look nice. Dallas side of it, Luka. If you want to get to Luka, you can get to Luka. I mean, the guy's going to just score 50 fantasy points more times than not, and if he hits his triple-double, it'll be 60, and if he hits a massive 30-point shooting day with the triple-double, it's going to be 70. Like, Luka is a machine out there. It is without a doubt a difficult matchup for Luka against the Kembos and the Marcus Smarts, really just the Marcus Smarts who should be out there a good amount of time on him. They only have a 107 team total. You have a favorable matchup coming back, the second best on the slate in terms of fantasy points per game allowed to the power forward position, and now there's no Gordon Hayward. So even if Ennis Cantor comes in, we know he's not a good defender at all. So this is a good spot for Christoph Porzingis. Once again, this team is just Luka and Porzingis for me. Based on this slate, I'm not going to have as much interest in Luka, which is scary, of course, but I just like some other guards up top. So I think my priorities are Christoph and then Luka from this team, just in terms of like how much I actually get to them. And again, this can all change, and you should be checking out my Patreon interest pool just to know. I had updates up until lock and even after lock because it's 6.30, and these games will start in 12 and a half hours, and lots of things are subject to change. Uh, some other spots, San Antonio and Memphis. San Antonio actually has a very high team total here, Very a couple of high team totals, uh, a 117.75 team total. That's nice to see. And you have a $6,300, uh, Marcus Aldridge, $6,300. Um, I don't get the price point. It's going to be hard for me to ignore it. I get it. He hasn't been playing as well this year. His shooting percentage has been down. That's something that I expect to rebound. And now he faces Memphis, who might seem scary, right? Jones Valanciunas, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, if he plays, all these tall bodies. But they're one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. And Jaron Jackson Jr., can't stay out of foul trouble. So if anything, that helps LaMarcus Aldridge in terms of getting to the line more. So $6,300 LaMarcus Aldridge, it beats me Why he's that price. A tougher matchup for um, DeJounte Murray, who's been continued. He played 26 minutes two games ago, but continues to seem to be on a minutes restriction. Tougher matchup for him. San Antonio's 11-point favorites here. The by far, in a way, interest is LaMarcus Aldridge. $7,000 DeMar DeRozan you can get to if you'd like, but it's LaMarcus Aldridge, and that's really, it's just too cheap of a price tag on him at 6300 He's been playing. Everything has been fine in terms of a shot selection where he's been playing on the court. We saw him have one fine shooting day, got back to his normal above average percentages um, than he has been seeing this season, and he went off for 57 points. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but LaMarcus Aldridge, more times than not, in this matchup will score you 35 points at a minimum, and he's 6,300. So if he scores you 30, you're feeling good about it. So 35 points with the 50-plus point ceiling, and realistically 40 points more times um, than, than not, more times than the other players in his range of 6K. Hard to ignore that for a center and a good rebounding spot. On the Memphis side, nothing really stands out. John Moran should be back from rest purposes. Um, so same thing for Jonas Valanciunas. He should be fully rested here. Just nothing stands out. The value, I don't think, is all that great in terms of um, John uh, or John Moran's price tag one, but also like the Dylan Brooks. If you get no, um, if you get no Brandon Clark, I think it makes um, Jaron Jackson Jr. a little bit better and also Jay Crowder. But nothing really stands out from the Memphis side on a six-game slate. Wow, here here's the mother load of all spots. You better be getting players from this game. New Orleans and Houston, a two forty three, the highest I've seen in the season, a two forty three game total, a one nineteen point two five team total for New Orleans, second highest on the slate, only to the their opponent, a one twenty three point seven five team total for Houston. Yes, I have all the interest in the world in James Harden. Or James Harden. Yes, I have all the interest in the world in Russell Westbrook. This is one of the. Yes, I have interest in PJ Tucker and Eric Gordon, especially if Daniel House is out. Eric Gordon even more potentially enters the starting rotation. 
you can get to Clint Capella in the best matchup on the slate for a center, and now he's in the best game environment. So every single thing on Houston for me stands out today. Um, you have a $8,800 Russell Westbrook, that cheap of a price tag. I get it. He's only been scoring 35 and 40 fantasy points over the last couple of days, and then he rested, and he only had 25 points before that. But now you're putting Russell Westbrook in the one of the fastest game environments on the slate. He's a four and a half point favorite with this big of a team total. Yeah, I think he's going to contribute to that more so than some of the other $8,800 players and 8K players in the slate. I prioritize this as Russell Westbrook 1A, uh, James Harden 1B, and then I probably get to P.J. Tucker at 2, 3, Clint Capella, 4, Eric Gordon. Keep an eye on Daniel House's status. This is the best spot on the slate for any of these teams this Houston against New Orleans, and on the opposite side, New Orleans against Houston, but it's the best spot. It's as good as it gets. On the New Orleans side of it, Drew Holiday is way too cheap, going to be starting at point guard, but no Lonzo Ball. Sign me up for that. Brandon Ingram moves to the three, but he's only 7,800. He's been slightly, or he's been slowly averaging over 40 fantasy points per game over the last couple of weeks, if not higher than that. So lots of good spots. Um, the one thing I'll point out is J.J. Redick went off last game, but don't really trust that going back to it. He's a shooter, right? And he shot five of nine from three. So if he does that again, well, then sure, yeah, J.J. Redick is going to be needed in your rosters. But he can also go out there and shoot three of ten, and it's nowhere near needed, right? So it's a spot where from this from the New Orleans side of the ball, if Kendrick Williams is back in the starting rotation, it's a tough matchup without a doubt against P.J. Tucker and or Clint Capella. But just the amount of possessions that'll be in this game and the amount of points scored, it's very hard to ignore that at his price tag, especially if he starts at the four again. So my answers from New Orleans are, number one, um, it's going to be Drew Holiday without a doubt. He is just way too cheap for this matchup. He's in line to score 40-plus fantasy points in this game, and he's priced below that. So uh, Drew Holiday is number one, Kendrick Williams number two, and then Brandon Ingram number three. And then on the opposite side, like I said, it's 1A, Russell Westbrook because of the price tag, 1B, James Harden, then P.J. Tucker, then Clint Capella, and Eric Gordon for me. The entire game, my favorite play uh, would probably be Russell Westbrook, then Harden, then Drew Holiday. So it's just a really good spot. You don't have to stack. So for the people that say, I want to be stacking these games, look, if you're getting three players from this game, don't call it a stack. You're just naturally getting more players from that game because it's a better game. There's no correlation reasons to want to stack. The only reason for NBA and stacking is to hope and wish for the game going to overtime. So 6% of NBA games go to overtime. So you better hope. And that's really what you're doing there. It goes to overtime. You have four or five, five or six players from it if that's really your goal. And then you can just get way more fantasy points in the field at that point. But there's no correlation in stacking in these games. Um, the idea that one player is going to score more because on the other side they're scoring more, it makes sense if they're pushing the tempo. And the only correlation really is if, if Drew Holiday is going off and the game is close, or, or if, if the if the game is close and Drew Holiday is going off, you'd be damn sure that Harden and or Westbrook are going off. I understand that logic, but it, it's not correlating with each other. You're kind of looking back at it in retrospect. So just get players from this game. It's a fantastic game environment. Golden State in Utah. Like I said, Draymond Green is going to be back here, but it's just a brutal spot. I do have interest in his price tag of 6600 just because of everything he's going to have to do. And D'Angelo Russell is back, so, I mean, not the greatest of shooters in terms of percentages and efficiency, but that should help Draymond Green's assist numbers at least compared to having just nobody out there. And Alec Burke started the last game at the two over Jordan Poole, as he should. He's a much better offensive player, and he's a much better fantasy player for us. So that also helps Draymond Green's upside. Golden State, my favorite play is indeed Alan Burks if he continues to start again. He's just playing big minutes, 30 plus minutes for a guy who's averaging over a fantasy point per minute this season at a shooting guard position where he'll also ball dominate the ball or handle the ball. He's a backup point guard at this point for Russell, but he's playing alongside of him and then playing some minutes without him. 
as the point guard. So uh, just the way that the matchups break out here, I prefer Alec Burks the most, then Draymond Green, and then Russell at his price tag. But I'm not going to get to too much Russell today. I mean, just because you have Westbrook, Russell Westbrook, uh, I'm going to get to a lot more Russell Westbrook than the Angela Russell because he's only $500 more, and there's just so many other pricing spots. So he should take a lot more shots now, but it's just a tough matchup with Draymond Green back and Alec Burks playing really well. Hard to prioritize him on his own team. Utah side of the ball. Um, look, if Draymond starts at the five, it's it's a tougher matchup for Rudy Gobert without a doubt. If he starts at the four, it's a much easier matchup. So keep an eye on that. I would get to Rudy Gobert the most from this team. I'd probably get the Donovan Mitchell the most at his price tag. A 111.75 team total for Utah. Only a 101.75 lowest on the slate by far, uh, by five fantasy, by five overall points for Golden State. So Utah, I prioritize as Donovan Mitchell. Then Gobert. Gobert maybe jumps over if Draymond Green starts with the four. Nothing else stands out all that much. I know that Conley will be in a fine spot here. Doesn't really stand out too much for me. Uh, Bojan Bodanovic, he's actually a player that stands out, and he'd probably be, probably be the third interest from this team at his price point. Continues to play extremely well. Lastly, before we get to my early interest, Clippers in Toronto. Clippers have a nice total of 116.75. Toronto only a 106.25. Look, I like Fred Van Vliet. I get it. He's $6,500. He's in a tougher matchup, or $6,900. He's in a tougher matchup tonight. But once again, like last night, his 49 fantasy points, probably a little bit of a higher game for him. But the 40-plus range is in the pocket, in the back pocket for this guy if he's going to play 38 minutes at the point guard position. So... He's just not priced up enough. Price point didn't change because these salaries came out pretty much the same time as his game was going on. It was like the first quarter was starting when his, really, the game was starting when he started to produce. So, yes, Fred Vliet and then Pascal Siakam are my priorities here. Marcus All didn't do all that much. We saw Chris Bouchard play more minutes. These centers would be in a good spot, but it's hard to judge pin down where they're going to be getting their minutes from so norman powell is still cheap og ananobi is still cheap these all these guys are cheap enough because they they their production and their minutes based on no serge Ibaka and kyle lowry started and we didn't get to see that and neither did DraftKings before they priced them today so my interest from this team are fred van vliet pascal siakam on sort of a tier of their own in that order and then you have really good plays in norman powell because of the minutes he's playing and og ananobi because of the minutes and shot attempts he's putting up and shooting rather well this year getting 40 fantasy points at a clip at his price tag is very good so those four players are all in play for me. No Paul George still. Uh, from the Clippers side of it, I don't know. Not much stands out here. I mean, no Serge Ibaka. Serge surely helps like the um, Zubox of the world, and it helps the Montrose Harrells for some of their minutes, but they don't stand out on this big of a slate. Harrell's price point is cheap enough to get to him and feel fine as always, but not something I want to get to. Prioritizing Kawhi on this slate doesn't seem like something I'm going to end up doing. Um, again, he is just dominant. Maybe I should look at it a little bit more. His assist percentage is unreal right now. He is one of the highest usage rates in the league, above 40%. Obviously, he's going to all, most of this is going to change once Paul George comes back, but he's um, playing much more pick and roll, much more isos. He's just the entire team on his possessions. So his crazy like 1.89 fantasy points per minute is kind of stable when you're kind of setting up plays to just have him hold the ball and run with it. So I'm going to look more into Kawhi. He'd be the main thing and really the only thing I'd want from the Clippers on this slate. I don't think there's too much value where the Clippers are. My early interest, I will blow this out a little bit for the people that are watching on the YouTube version. Early interest here, um, we'll go through them. I kind of hit on most of them as we were going through the game by game. But uh, at this top, in terms of salary, we'll go by it. James Harden, 11500 on DraftKings, 20300 on Fantasy Draft. He's an early interest in that spot. Shooting guard eligible against New Orleans. It's just as good as it gets. A 42% usage rate, averaging 35 minutes per game. Hard not to like it. Carl um, Anthony Towns at $10,000 flat. Again, he's he's $1,500 cheaper than Harden, so there is actually a decision here because you do save money. 29% usage rate gets Detroit, who does have Andre Drummond and potentially Blake Griffin back today. 33 minutes per game. It's a good spot for him. On a back-to-back, we'll see if there's anything comes out about Carl Anthony Towns' minutes. I imagine he'll play. 
Russell Westbrook is one of my favorite plays in the slate. He's only 8,800 in this really good game environment. Point guard only eligibility, but a 32 usage rate, a 32.5 minutes per game. It's as good as it gets for him. Brandon Ingram at 7,800. Concerns from him moving to the four to the five if they roll with the lineup they had last time. He did get there at $8,000 last time out. He scored 41 and a half fantasy points. Now he's 7,800 price point drops, but he's also playing at the four or he's also playing at the three instead of the four which is overall less fantasy points um, per game, and it relies more on your shooting than your peripherals, which is a concern. But in this matchup, I don't think it's as much of a concern. uh, He has a 29.6 usage rate, 32 minutes per game is really good. Jason Tatum is the first guy that I'll like and, and take advantage of, no Gordon Hayward being in the lineup. He's priced at a fair price point. Uh, could have a difficult matchup for parts of this game against Porzingis, which is the concern, but it's nice if he starts at the four, although the bad matchup, you can throw him into your small forward spot so you get more players that are closer to the rim in your lineup. Naturally, lineup construction-wise, he's a power forward, but he counts as a small forward, so you should put him in that spot so you can get more centers and power forwards into your lineup. Drew Holiday at 7,400, it's, it's too cheap. It is way too cheap of a price tag for a guy who you can put in a shooting guard spot as a point guard. That's a very good and sharp move to be doing, putting your your point guard um, in your shooting guard spot. You should always put point guards for more upside and your power forward and small spot in your power forward spot. You should always put centers for more upside or more times than not, at least, um, or at least try and prioritize that small forward spot. You should prioritize putting centers and power forwards if possible that night, like we just said with Jason Tatum. So Holiday is my favorite play from New Orleans. He's my third favorite play. He's right there. He's so cheap, though. So he's right there with Harden. I'm going to prefer Harden more just because of the ceiling. But he's right there for $4,000 cheaper than Harden as maybe my second best player, second favorite play in that game behind Russell Westbrook. The usage rate of 22% is surely going to come up as he's a point guard. It'll probably rival somewhere around 30%. 35 minutes per game are hard to ignore. Donovan Mitchell is my favorite play from Utah. Again, I would rather have Drew Holiday, so it's really hard for me to get to Mitchell. I'd rather have Fred Van Vliet for $400 cheaper in his matchup and his overall role at the price point. Um, Blake Griffin is in yellow for me because I want to see what the minutes look like. If we get any news on a minutes restriction, then I don't have any interest. He's 7200 on DraftKings, $14,000 on Fantasy Draft. If he's going to play full minutes, 32-plus minutes, 33, 34 minutes like Blake Griffin usually does, it's really hard to ignore $7,200 price tag here. Fred VanVleet, like I said, I continue to like. We finished up um, on the last target or on the target offense sheet discussing Toronto and the Clippers. You can put him into a shooting guard spot, like I just said, but he'll be the point guard with no Kyle Lowry. Another really good spot. The usage rate of 21% is surely going to come up as a point guard, probably somewhere around the 26%. And this man is nuts. He's averaging 37.4 fantasy points per game or 37.4 minutes per game. And 35 fantasy points per game. It's just crazy. Draymond Green at 6,600. I prefer getting up to Fred VanVleet at a different position. I much prefer getting to LaMarcus Aldridge at 6,300. And I might even prefer Jalen Brown at 6,300, who is below this as well. It's just really hard to get to Draymond. I like him. If he starts at the five, I like him more. But a tough matchup against Gobert in this Utah defense. The only upside is he's going to just have to do everything for this team in terms of rebounding, even assists, playing off of him, really. So... It's an okay spot. Just know that he's not as much of a priority. I'm going to put him in yellow right now. It's just really the price tag that I think is intriguing for the upside. Jalen Brown and LaMarcus Aldridge are both 6300 It's without a doubt LaMarcus Aldridge more. They're the same price on Fantasy Draft at 12400 I prefer Aldridge more than Brown, but Brown does have upside. Price tag did shoot up a good amount on both sides. He's usually been like a mid-5K player, uh, but he is going to produce a lot more, uh, potentially even uh, definitely more minutes. He's averaging 30 per game. I imagine that takes up to the 32 to 34 range uh, without Gordon Hayward. 23.3% usage rate. That might drop a little bit if he enters the starting lineup more, so... Keep an eye on that, but Aldridge at 6,300 is just a slam dunk play, in my opinion. Bojan Bogdanovic at 6,200, 12,000 on fantasy draft against Golden State. Look, he's going to be a small forward here. He counts as a power forward, so don't put him in that spot, though. But you can put him in your small forward spot, averaging 32.5 minutes per game and a very impressive 26% usage rate. I mean, this guy's not just a spot-up shooter like a lot of people think he is. 26.1% usage rate, you're doing a lot more with the ball when you're out there. So good spot for him. 
OG Ananobi's price points up at 6K flat. I might not get there just because of this slate 12 games. I think there's other spots we can get value, but he's playing 33 minutes per game. Those minutes have been bigger as of late, closer to 35. No usage is the issue. Like he has a 13.6% usage rate. Might bump up a little bit with no Kyle Lowry, but he's really relying on really good shooting right now and just his defensive steals and blocks and things like that that he can pick up. So it might not be the spot for him. I'll put him in yellow as well just because he's not a priority on the slate. My favorite play from Golden State is without a doubt Alec Burks. Put him in the shooting guard spot. He'll operate as a point guard when there's no D'Angelo Russell on the court for times. And he's just a really good point per minute producer. 5,200 on DraftKings, 10,100 on Fantasy Draft. P.J. Tucker, and his really good game environment, 5,200. He's had some good games, and they dropped down to bad games. Look, he has a 10.6% usage rate. He'll pick up some block and steals on the defensive side. He'll pick up some rebounds. He's not going to ever have a good usage rate because when he has the ball in his hands, He's more times than not just shooting a spot up three or something like that. So he has to get you rebounds. He has to have a decent shooting night. But in this game environment, how many plays are you going to run? Overall points, I do like it. 34 minutes per game is hard to ignore. Ennis Cantor is in yellow at 4,900. He's center only, which hurts a little bit. But if he's in play, or if he does play here against Dallas, it's a really good spot. 4,900 on DraftKings, $9,900 on Fantasy Draft. I have interest as of right now. Josh Okoji is important to point out that he's just been balling out without any or without any Jeff Teague out there and Napier. So if both those guys miss again, Okoji at 4,700 is actually a good price point to put into your shooting guard spot. Usage has, usage has come up for him. He's been playing somewhere around 32 minutes per game over the last three or four without Tiger Napier. It's a nice spot for the guy who behind Towns, behind Culver, whose direct impact comes up in minutes, but even Josh Okoji has been playing better than Culver. He's been seeing more ball, responsib- ball responsibilities as well. $4,700 JJ Redick, I haven't read. I don't want to play him. Look, I know he had a good game last time out. He has an 18.7% usage rate on the year. He's going to probably, if he enters the starting lineup, play closer to 28 to 30 minutes more times than not. The issue with me, and it's a really good matchup here, is just he's shooting he's shooting dependent. So if he's not owned, then yeah, I get to him. But if he's highly owned and you're banking on a chalky player having to hit four to, or really five plus threes in the spot, when his price point increasing, it's tough, but he should be in the starting lineup again. So keep an eye on him. Maybe he doesn't deserve to be a red, but for right now, he is for me. Kendrick Williams from the same team at 4,300. My interest from this team go Drew Holiday, Kendrick Williams, and then uh, Brandon Ingram. If the lineup is the same we saw it as last time, which I imagine it might be, Kendrick Williams at the four with favors at the five, Ingram at the three, uh, JJ Redick at the two, and Drew Holiday at the one, uh, the point guard position, then yeah, I would like Kendrick Williams a lot at 4,300. Price point did not come up nearly enough for this matchup. He would be a power forward in that spot, which you could put into the small forward spot, which is again, once a sharp move for lineup construction. That's pretty much it. Trevion Graham is worth mentioning at 3,800. He's a terrible point per minute producer. 13% usage rate is pretty atrocious, but he's been playing huge minutes, like 35 plus minutes since Jeff Teague has been out and Shabazz Napier. So in terms of just overall usage minutes wise for the price tag, I think it's worth it in terms of maybe cash, but in tournaments, there's not much of an upside there. So that's where I'm at, gang. Hopefully you all enjoyed this podcast and or video version of this show and this episode for the uh, November 11th, the November 11th. Um, NBA slate. It's a six-game slate, one of my favorite size slates right there. Eight games is probably the best. Six games is really good as well. So thank you so much. It is 6.54 p.m. or a.m. right now. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm going to go drink some more coffee. If you can hit the um, subscribe button, I really do appreciate that. On the audio version, if you get hit the five-star rate and review, say something nice about the show. What do you like about it? Leave your fantasy draft handle if you have one, by the way. You can be entered into a raffle. But leaving the review helps me out the most, helps me reach more people on the audio version helps me grow and expand even more doing something that I truly do love to do. So thank you all so much. Hit me up on Twitter at Salvation DFS. Hit the subscribe there, the follow there on Twitter, and then also on Instagram. Be sure to follow me there, linked up all down below. So exclusive contents over on Patreon. Thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to check out Fantasy Draft. That is also linked up down below. If you click the link down below for Fantasy Draft, it does help me indirectly. Uh, it's just a tracking link. It shows where they came from. It, I did not get any of your money, so don't worry about that. My name's Sal. You already know that.
Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you can please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.